by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Salut la visite. Hey, everybody. Hey, ça va bien? That was fun. Hey, a, a big win in San Jose. It's, it's weird. The, the, the West Coast trip is not as bad as it used to be. Uh, you know, in the 70s, the West Coast trip was something with Hunter S. Thompson. But now, it's usually losses. This year, we're starting to get some results. I know Tank Nation, y'all are unhappy. But Gooley Nation must be happy. Great game from Caden Gooley. How about that Denis Gurianov? That was fantastic. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Oh, hey, Madman's here. A new name and also reminding us, Mandalorian starts technically, I guess, tonight, which is great. Uh, salut, Jean Smart. Gets to catch the show live. Écoute, on est content que tu as eu la chance de... I don't know why I just switched in France, I just assumed. Me, uh, anyways, welcome to the show. As per usual, Kay is here. Dina Zulu. Hello, Dina Zulu. King of the North is here. Oh, oh, that's pretty... 1.10 a.m., not bad. We're going to get right into it. I promise that was it for my rambling, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hockey season's well underway, pitchers and catchers have reported, you got soccer in full swing, so you can bet pre-game and live in-play. Also, a ton of prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guest, one of my favorite people, Matt Drake from Eyes on the Prize. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing terrific. It's a nice crisp uh, Wednesday morning at this point, and at least the Habs didn't go to overtime. So Who, Who's the... I know, right? I, okay, I'm not, I was writing my recap for uh, Montreal Hockey Now, and I had it... It was signed, sealed, delivered to quote Stevie Wonder. Uh, and then obviously, unfortunately, no, no. It's great to see guys like Caden Gooley pick it up a notch. And, you know, so important for the future. So as much as we talk yeah. about the tank, you want to see that development. We're going to get it into in, into, the, into the show pretty soon. But Kay just predicted my second segment with, no joke, she wrote, Rapid fire trade proposals, and that's exactly what I plan to do in the second segment. Okay, so we're gonna talk about that. And uh, how's it going, Wilson? Hey, man, the Sharks. I have to admit, did not impress me tonight. But hey, there's better things coming uh, for both the Montreal Canadiens and the Sharks. Good news for the Sharks is they probably should have won that. You know, they had 12 high danger chances in the first two periods. But anyways, battle of the bank to, uh, battalions. Canadians won the battle. Sharks won the tank war. First impressions. Let, let's hear them from you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. We'll talk about Gouli in a second. But Matt, Denis Gurianov, fresh, fresh in Montreal. I want to hear your impressions because I'm decidedly impressed by how he had his first game. I, I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that one. I liked him a lot. Uh, honestly, kind of reminds me of Josh Anderson a little bit. The, the way he comes in with speed on the wing and then cuts into the middle with his shoulder down. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit more finish would go a long way for him there. I think I counted. Russian. You know, okay. four really good scoring chances where he he maybe could have put it in the net if yeah. just a little bit more accuracy. He had that one pass from Caden Gooley where he one time didn't just barely got it on the outside of the inside post. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities there, and a lot of that was because he was number one in the right place at the right time, and number two had a lot of speed out there. Um, I think he's a player that if he gets a chance to work with Adam Nicholas a little bit, maybe they can fine-tune some of his skills a little bit and get him to a point where he can cash in on those chances. But the fact that he's in the right place at the right time and the fact that he has that speed, that's going to work for him moving forward. So I, I think this is going to be looked back on as potentially a very good trade for the Montreal Canadiens especially if they can figure out how to fine-tune his game and get him to that point where, where he can cash in on those chances that he's creating for himself. 
I love that you bring up, and it's something that I tend to forget. But Adam Nicholas is such a game changer for these these players, right? Like, yeah. You're, you're, whereas, I mean, you and I worked together during the Benjamin era. Development was there was no, <laughs> there was no development, right? It was it was like <laughs> no. you know you kind of put him out the pasture, and you hope hey in three years come back yeah. and be a good player. Um, Adam Nicholas, he fine fine tunes those little things. So what I see in Guryanov is yeah, the the package is there, the raw talent is there. Obviously, it's the the the, the skills like the fine tuning that's important. And Sharks fans have seen him more often than us, so they know he's a he's able to do that. The issue is the consistency, right? So how yeah. well does he have to play? Because it's a three million dollar qualifying offer or three point four, either way, way too expensive. Ideally, the Canadians let the contract expire, then re-sign him if there's interest, kind of like they did uh, with Rem Pitlick. How well does he have to play to convince the Canadians to qualify him? That, that's a tough one to answer. I mean, I think if he plays like that every night, I think he's going to put himself in a position where they're going to be more interested in, in, in doing it, right? H- how many points does he have to score? I have no idea. But if he's coming in n- night in, night out, playing exactly like that, mm-hmm. I think that's going to set him up for potentially them at least having some interest in bringing him back next season. Um, I, I, I honestly wonder if there's a possibility that they end up trading him in the offseason or at the draft. Uh, before that actually becomes an issue for them. If they trade the rights to another team, um, he could be potentially playing himself into interest from other teams rather than just the Montreal Canadiens. So at this point, you know, he's got something to play for, yeah. right? He's got a reason to come out every night and, and give that same kind of effort. So if he continues to do that, I think either it's going to be the Montreal Canadiens or maybe they trade his rights to another team. Either way, um, I, I still think this trade works out for the Habs considering that Dadanov was never going to come back anyways. I think we all knew that. Mm. So... I don't know. Um, I, I, I think as long as he brings that effort, the Habs are going to have interest, but he might also generate interest elsewhere. Well, as Kay mentions in the chat, he was set up. I mean, there aren't many options left, but putting him on the first line. Well, like, I mean, Mike Hoffman's on the first line, yeah. so we have to be really delicate with how he could. But hey, Suzuki is there. It's the first line. I thought that um, at first, the first few shifts, I thought, well, obviously the Sharks were really dominant in the first couple periods, right? Let's be honest. Tons of chances. But... Once he got a little more comfortable, you could see he went from perimeter to high danger areas. And that's where you need him to, to, to be. So I was, ta- I was chatting with some Dallas fans. They said, well, he didn't, didn't do that in Dallas in the last, I don't know, 30 games. The same applies to Dadanoff. He didn't, did you see his goal against, uh, did you see his goal for Dallas? Yeah. He, we hadn't seen those hands in what, 50 <laughs> games? So it just goes. He's to missing the net. Yeah, yeah. Oh, He's oh no, no. That Danov is tripping, and as he trips, his like winning lottery ticket rips in his pocket, and like you know, like <laughs> he would have, yeah, he would have smashed into the boards. But it just goes to show, uh, a fresh setting does great things, you know, for a player. So I, I see this right now, and other teams are interested in Guryanov, but I, I actually see it as just a great opportunity for him. Because not necessarily the Canadians, yeah. but they need shooting talent. And if you can get back to that, hey man, like you're 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 looking at maybe a light version of Josh Anderson. Is that pushing it already? Just because he can drive the net, I don't know. But he kind of looks like Anderson light. I don't think it's pushing it because, like, realistically, he's he's got the same kind of style of play. Like he's a big body that moves way faster than you expect him to move based on his frame. Yeah. Right. It's very similar to Josh Anderson, especially that one net drive that he had what in the second period. I think when I clicked he, when he dipped his shoulder Twitter. finally. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Dipped his shoulder and went right into the middle. It's like, that's the Anderson move. It's, you know, you cut to the outside and then when you go to the middle, you drop down that shoulder and you just kind of drive through the defenseman and he did it. And obviously he got stopped. So, you know, there's something to be said for the lack of finish there. Sure. Maybe if he goes up a little bit higher with that puck, he's going to put that one in, but it's very similar to the way that Josh Anderson plays. Um, and speaking to other people, like I spoke to David St. Louis about it and he said, you know, it's kind of like Josh Anderson, but he also has a bit better puck handling. I don't think we saw very much of that in this game, but no. moving forward, we might get to see that a little bit more from him maybe, uh, in future games. I mean, there's not much left in the season. We got what, 22 games after this. So we'll see, but he, he, he might be able to put on a display that kind of shows a little bit better handling with the puck, uh, than Anderson does. Now, is he better than Josh Anderson just because? he can handle the puck a little bit better of course that's a bit of a stretch but uh, I think the styles are similar so I think the comparison is pretty valid um, and and that's why I said you know I think he could potentially generate interest with other teams as well because you know there's a lot of interest in Josh Anderson around the league right they now big boys uh, rumored to be a lot of interest anyways so potentially you could have the same situation with Gryanov if he uh, if he plays himself into that situation yeah and uh, actually King of the North brings even a better comparison in my opinion, because we were going Josh Anderson, obviously, because he's right there, but very similar mm. to Radulov. Okay, maybe minus the intensity, but the skill set. Mm. And, and and we'll have to ask Dallas fans what they think about the intensity, if it can get up to that level, because that's something that matters 40 games into the season. You know, first game, you're always going to be intense, but he does have that kind of, you know, Radulov skill set. Again, light, you know, we're, we're talking about just one game. <laughs> However, I mean, the Canadians had five high danger scoring chances or like by the mid third and he had three of them so you know as you mentioned if he can avoid the the logo a lot of his shots hit their logo i think the canadians might seriously consider extending this guy i i think though honestly matt it's gonna take a lot because you're tying up three million dollars yeah. in a qualifying offer um in a season where you're gonna have to sign essentially your best goal scorer in the last 30 years to a massive contract I think right now Ken Hughes wants to hold some of that salary, but hey, man, for for Dadnov, who who by the way, I wish him nothing but the best, and his numbers were unflattering to how he played in Montreal. But I think yeah. that's about as good as you can get, right, for Ken Hughes as a like low low risk, decent reward trade. Oh yeah, uh, you, you knew Dadnov was never coming back. Um, his like like you said, his numbers were pretty unflattering. I think he played better than his numbers showed. Yeah, and uh, I, th I think you know, very small sample so far in Dallas, but he looked very good in his first game. I, I saw the highlights that, that, and the, that you know. play with those hands, man. I hadn't seen that in Montreal yeah. like, in fifty games. That was I was like, oh my god, where is that? You know, but again, yeah. it's just a fresh start, right? Yeah. And like you said, it might take a lot uh, for Guriano to, to land that extension in Montreal. Again, they're not going to tie up a bunch of money in a guy that they're not sure of. They're going to have to be 100% sure that he's a part of the rebuild moving forward in order to commit any kind of money towards him. Mm -hmm. Like you said, a qualifying offer in the, in the environs of $3 million, it's a bit much considering you got Caulfield to re-sign. you got a number of... Uh, People who are still in rookie contracts right now that are eventually yeah. going to come up and they're going to have to get re-signed as well. In a rebuild year, it's not the kind of situation where you commit that kind of money unless you're 100% sure. So, yeah. yeah, it would take an effort like that night in, night out from here until the end of the season. And, um, you know, if the numbers reflect it as well, then that's going to help him. And uh, if not, maybe they, they look for a new home for him as well. But uh, he's playing for his next contract, no matter how you cut it. So like you said, it's, it's a good it's a good opportunity for him. For him. Not yeah. just for the Montreal Canadiens. If he shows up every night, then he's going to 
either get an opportunity with the Habs or he's going to get an opportunity somewhere else. Yeah, and they, you know, they want size and they want guys that can score. So that's hopefully what it'll become. And as Trezak mentions in the chat, you want to see how what kind of player a guy is? Put him with Suzuki, right? Because that's when we see Josh Anderson at his best. Okay, Simon Labonté Bertillon is already trading players, but that's second segment. I promise. We actually, it is lined up. We're going to start trading players in the second segment. But before that... Uh, I have to remind you all to like the chat and subscribe and all that fun stuff or else Steve Dangle comes to my house and steals my bagels. He just robs them. He just robs them and he gives them to that fat raccoon that keeps breaking my fence in the back. All right. So, it's because uh, they have horrible bagels in Toronto. Oh, why, for so. sure, man. So, yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. just, well, you know what? It's funny. In Ontario, they have, in Ottawa, they have Kettleman's bagels, which are pretty close. Um, they're actually very, very similar. Toronto just hasn't clicked in yet. They have like Montreal style bagels, mais potentiel dans la poubelle, it's not very good. As Kay mentions in the chat, Josh Anderson has looked really good too, and we're going to get to that in just one moment. But I want to talk about someone that Kay might know. How about that Caden Gooley? He, Matt, he's a game changing presence for the Canadians already as a rookie. Yeah. And uh, you, you finally got to see that clapper of his uh, in this game. Kept it he doesn't low. use the clapper very much. He usually, his, his preferred thing from the point is just a quick little snapper or a wrister. He does like a half wrister from the point that actually generates a lot of velocity. And you saw it a lot with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that people who watch a lot of Edmonton Oil Kings, Caden Gooley, would know about is that he does have have a vicious clapper when he wants to let it go and when nick suzuki gave him that drop pass there was no second thought from him he's like i'm hammering this 100 and puts it right through the wickets and i mentioned earlier that pass that he put over to grianov where grianov almost scored and just barely missed the net like that vision man that that that, that timing that vision to be able to pull off that pass and uh and put it tape to tape for him like that that's something that you develop over the course of a long time, right? And him being out as long as he was, you wonder, you know, is he going to lose some of that? Is he going to is he going to be off a little bit? None of that. He looked fantastic in this game. Uh, I think that's you know for Tank Nation, you brought him up before, and you know they might be a little bit upset about that game. There's your silver lining for for Tank Nation. Caden Gooley looked fantastic despite being out for a significant period of time with an injury. Uh, on an injury that um, would limit huge. limit him. You know, like that was a big injury too. Yeah. Yeah, and a knee injury on a mobile defenseman, right? You expect that maybe he's going to come back looking a little worse for wear. None of that. He looked fantastic. I think that's a huge positive sign for the rebuild that he's looked as good as he has so far this season. Like, he already looks like a number one defenseman um, on a lot of teams in the NHL, not just the Montreal Canadiens, who are not very good this year. He looks like he could be a number one defenseman on almost any team in the league, save maybe the elite few that are at the very top um, this is great news for the rebuild. Uh, he was one player that I had personally on my absolutely do not under no circumstances trade list going into the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I had him right up there with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki that I would not move him. It would take a massive price for me to even be slightly okay with moving him. I think he's somebody they need to hold on to and they need to continue to develop and see what he can do moving forward. And as the team gets better around him, Oh, man, when they can take off some of those, when they have players that can spell him off and maybe take some of those tougher minutes, he's going to be able to shine even more offensively and do things like we saw him do against the Sharks tonight. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. And this is not a shot at Saval or Edmondson, but away from them, away from the first pairing. Let's be honest. His underlying numbers, yeah. and, and we're going to get a lot of this from the guys that have never watched the Canadians for five minutes. They're going to say, Gouli had an awful season. And Yes, he got caved in statistically in the first 30 games because you're playing on a, like a, a you know 
quality pairing, like between the second and third pairing facing opposing team's best players. Now that he's in a situation that's actually conducive to developing a little bit, I would say two things. It's very encouraging that he didn't let the start of the season sink him. Like, like his morale is through the roof. And number two, it wasn't necessarily his play that stood out to me tonight, even though it was great. Did you see his reaction to the goal? Like, there was no one else on the bench that was yeah. more excited than Caden Gooley. This guy is... Okay, uh, it never aired, but we ran this thing for when I worked. Um, I was working with him in a Home Depot. So we were doing this, like... Uh, um, just a fan question thing, okay? So the fans would go in trivia. And then at the end, we'd bring in a player. So we'd bring in Gallagher or Gooley or whatever. It was a private thing for a contest. And Gooley lost at the end. And he was so pissed. Like, he was legitimately, he, you know, he was like, oh, I'm happy you won the $500 gift card. But then he's, he's texting me. He's like, I should have won that. I'll be better prepared next time. Which just spoke to me as like <laughs> his guy, like he's obsessed with winning. And actually during that, um, someone tried to break into my apartment. We all caught that live too. We could, unfortunately, we couldn't air it. But Gooley is so obsessed with winning, and, and, and he wants to do it at all costs, which is such a great sign for for you know he's not going to roll over and die. And you need some of that pushback, even in bad seasons. That's why guys like Anderson are important. You need that pushback. All right, so we're going to uh, on veut des Québécois. Ben oui, ben oui, Simon, on veut des Québécois. Mais uh, Mike Matheson, un très bon Québécois, il joue très bien récemment, honnêtement. Faut, 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 soyons honnêtes, on va faire euh, un petit segment français. Mike Matheson, là, il change le jeu au complet. Là. Un jeu, un... On parle de Kevin Gooley, mais quand Mike Matheson est, est, est sur l'équipe, il y a, y, a, y a peu de choses qu'il ne peut pas faire. Moi, sérieux, là, je trouve que s'il peut rester en santé, c'est très important, mais ça pourrait être un des meilleurs échanges de Kent Hughes jusqu'à date. De, toi, toi, toi Matt, Mike Matheson jusqu'à date? T'as vu son but contre les sénateurs? Ouais. Il a contourné euh, euh, Thomas Chabot comme si c'était rien pour lui. Ouais. Il a un tellement bon coup de patin. Je pense que ça... Moi, j'avais dit... J'avais écrit un article pour Eyes on the Press. J'avais dit que ça se peut qu'il se joue dans la conversation de la date de limite des échanges. Mais... Honnêtement, d'après moi, moi je la garderais, moi je ne l'échangerais pas parce que je pense pas qu'on trouve tellement de joueurs qui patinent bon. comme ça euh, à la ligne bleue. Puis euh, de, de plus, d'avoir quelqu'un qui c'est un Montréalais, c'est un Mais gars. C'est ça, Montréal. là, il aime être ici euh, aussi. Là, on parle toujours des gars de chez nous. Oui. C'est ça. Um, ah. Je sais que. Moi, je ne l'échangerais pas. Non. Je pense non, que ça prendrait un prix oui. comme vraiment <rire> exorbitant pour l'avoir. Donc, oui. euh, moi, je la garderais. All right, that was our French segment. I'm sorry for those that. Hey, listen, it's a beautiful language. It's up to you to learn it. No, I'm just joking. I've always wanted to do more French segments, but now that my bosses are asleep, I can sneak a few in just there. No, they actually have even talked about doing full French shows. We're going to keep that in mind for the future. Um, oh, yeah, some big deals going on, too. So we're going to jump into the trade segment. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That's twice I've done it. I've reminded people without Kay having to tell me in the chat to do it. I'm a big boy now. I am a big boy now. All right, so trade deadline is coming up. We saw Jonathan Quick got traded, and it's a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it was a good reminder because Jonathan Quick is pissed off right now. He is absolutely livid, and we often forget the human side of things. So it just goes back to what we were saying about Mike Matheson. For those that don't speak French, we were essentially saying, like, he likes being here. He's from Quebec. His family's here. The idea of trading him on paper makes sense, but there's more to it than that. There's families, there's school, there's how does the, like it's so, families are more important than money now. That's how it works in the NHL. So we saw Jonathan Quick get traded uh, from LA. He's going to Ohio. Uh, 
we also saw about thousand trays with the Leafs. The Leafs are collecting a bunch of seventh uh, and eighth defensemen. Like I like Luke Shen, but let's be perfectly honest here. And Gustafsson's on a on a heater for his shooting percentage. But when all their players are healthy, that's their fifth pairing. Either way, the Leafs are making a lot of movements. Who do we think the Montreal Canadiens are going to trade? That's what's coming up right now. So I'm going to throw some names at you. Rapid fire, just like Kay predicted earlier. Man, we're we're so not basic. <laughs> Kay predicted our entire show. Um, we're going to get to that real in one second. I just have to load up my exact names. But let's start with this one. Sean Monaghan, does he move? I think he stays. Um, I don't think there's been My enough choice? activity. I yeah. think it's going to be tough to, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be because of the injury. I think, he, oh, well, you know, we don't even know what's going on with him right now. Uh, the team keeps saying that they're going to give an update and then they don't give an update. And uh, I think that same issue that we're having as fans where we're like, we don't know what's going on with him. I think other teams are going to have that same problem and I think it's going to be tough to move him as a result. So I, I, I think he stays and, um, and then maybe he goes in the off season to, to another team. Let's be honest, I, I know I defend the Canadians medical squad there, but he's been day-to-day since uh, December 5th. So th- this, yeah. uh, you know, the idea that they actually let him get back into a, the Calgary game, I didn't mind. You risk an injury, but then he played two more games coming into the arena with a boot. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I, It's hard to criticize without knowing, but that that felt like a horrible call by the Montreal Canadiens. Never leave it in the hands of a player. He will always say yes. Joel Edmondson, now... I think the Habs have been pretty obvious with their, oh yeah, he's at practice, he's good, he's right there, he's about to be, oh, he's just là, he's prêt. Does Joel Edmondson get traded? Yeah, I think Joel Edmondson's yeah. on the way out. Um, I, I think it's going to happen before the deadline as well. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's still a Hab after Friday. Um, I, I think you, you see the way that things are thinning out right now in terms of the market. A lot of the big names are already gone. I think that benefits Kent Hughes because yeah. now – He's kind of got leverage on some of those other teams that are, you know, that are playoff bound that haven't made a move yet. And they're going to be looking at some of these other teams. They're going to be looking at Toronto collecting all of those fifth and sixth defensemen. And they're going to go, we got to do something. And then maybe just maybe one of those teams throws a little bit more at Kent Hughes than they should for a Joel Edmondson, a big guy that they know can kind of beat people up in front of the net during the playoffs. That kind of experience plays really well with NHL GMs. And um, yeah, I, I think he's on the way out even despite the fact that he's been injured recently, I, I do think that he's going to be on the move. Yeah, um, it, it, I could be wrong about that. Of course I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, but I, I see him on the way out before Friday. He, uh, and I, it's not, well, I guess it is kind of a secret. I don't think I've ever told anyone, but he, his name has been moving around since even before this year, actually. So that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, Trizak had a, a trade proposal. <laughs> Il est une heure et demie du matin. Il est deux heures et demie where Matt is. All right. So, um, Trizak has a boring trade proposal, which probably means it's a good one. Monahan, because don't forget, they can still trade Monahan even though he's injured. Bettman said he's mm-hmm. going to scrutinize it. I don't know what that meant. Let's be honest. Like, there, there's never been a trade for a guy that's on the LTR that came back in the playoffs other than Riley Nash. So, but um, Trizak says Monahan to the to Buffalo for Ben Bishop, Anders Bjork. And a conditional third condition being Monaghan plays 50% of Buffalo's playoff games. Hey, that's not, that's probably pretty realistic. Like decent prospect, decent pick, you know. But what about the idea of keeping Monaghan and signing him for another year? Do you think he'd want to stay here? Because, hey, your leverage is, man, we kind of restarted your career. Also, we destroyed your foot. Whoops. But if you could convince him to stay for another year, give him a prime center position. Because, you know, the Habs do need it. Maybe 
brace that bridge until it was available. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back Monaghan for a year. I said this when they when they picked him up. You know, I think there is a universe out there where he plays for the Habs next season. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'd have to take a, a little bit of a pay cut. We're not giving you $7 million. Kent Hughes is going to have to go into the negotiating room. we got to split it with Gurianov. we got to make space for both. Yeah. <laughs> but... But you look at how good the Habs actually were when he was in the lineup. They were a completely different team when he was around. Complexion of they the actually yeah. were not bad. Yeah. Um, once he got injured and w- whenever he was out, they haven't replaced um, them. It, it, yeah, they haven't replaced them. They haven't been able to replace him, and I don't think they will be able to replace him. Now, I think they're probably looking at some of their prospects, and they're going, well, some of these guys might come up next year, and we might start running out of space. But at the same time, you also don't want to rush those guys. No. If he was willing to come back on a one-year deal um, at, at the right price, I think it makes some sense for the Montreal Canadiens, particularly considering his injury kind of complicated the idea of trading him in the first place. So we're kind of in the universe that I envisioned at the start of the year where I was like, you know, there may be a universe where he might stick around with the Habs. This is it because the, the, normally they'd be trading him 100%. Right? Yeah. They already got that first round pick from Calgary just for taking on his contract. Of course, if you could get another first or a second round pick, you want to take it, but might have trouble moving him. So if that's the case, if they can't find anybody who's willing to take him on, willing to take on that risk, that he might not be available for them throughout the course of their entire playoff run. Maybe you hold on to him and maybe he signs a bit of a sweetheart deal and sticks around next year. And then maybe you get the, you get to do it all over again next year and find out if somebody's willing to take him out of the deadline. If of course the Habs are not in a playoff picture, which they're expected to not be again next year. They, to me, the, I think you bait him with, we're going to give you, cause he wants to sign essentially it, it'll be his last like big country, a country career contract, right? Like, like after, I don't think he, he'll be offered a five-year contract at this point because he's injured. But if you bring back with the Habs yeah. and you say, hey, power play time. And, and man, in transition, Monahan changed the entire complexion of this. I, I, he might be responsible mm-hmm. for why the Habs aren't lower in the standings because of their decent start. But uh, it, it just it showed so badly when he was out of the lineup. Like It was just such a massive change when he was out of the lineup. Um, okay, so... Yeah, everyone. people are saying one year, but the thing is to sign him one year, like you have to convince him, why would you want to sign here? So I think really the Habs, yeah. their best bet is we're going to give you everything, you know, like take take whatever you want and go from there. Okay, this is where it gets a little interesting. Jonathan Drouin, because until that trade with Dallas, people were saying that uh, you're never going to get anything for Dadunov. So... Ceci étant dit, Drouin, I mean, he's been playing his best hockey this season. Yeah, no goals and whatever, but, uh, you know, he's got, what, like uh, seven points in his last ten games. Playing him on the third third line with second power play usage could be good for a team like Les Avalanches de Colorado. So, do you think there's a chance that Drouin gets moved? If the Habs eat the full 50% that they're allowed to eat, uh, uh, yeah, I assuming think you have to, you have to. There's no choice. Yeah. I, I, there's there's no way that you're not going to be able to, that, that, or that rather that you're going to be able to move him and not eat the 50%. You're going to be eating that, but you don't care because it's off the books at the end of the year. Anyways, I think the Colorado mo- rumor makes uh, a whole heck of a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, anybody who watched the Halifax Mooseheads back in the day knows that uh, him with Nathan McKinnon, they've got a connection. And, uh, you know, as much as Jonathan Drouin has not been able to put the puck in the net this season, um, I don't think the Colorado Avalanche are going to be too concerned about that, considering that the price is pretty low and you're basically, you're, uh, let's call it a lottery ticket of sorts. You're 
betting on the fact that maybe they can rekindle some of that magic that they had in junior and you're going to be able to do so at a very low price uh relative to to what the Habs paid to go get him from tampa bay so uh, i think there's absolutely a chance um again gonna have to eat that 50 percent, but it's not gonna be a big deal for the Habs. so yeah i i don't know if it's likely but is there a chance absolutely we're, we're hearing there like there's some teams that are biting here and there, you know, kind of getting an idea. Like Mike Hoffman, there's no chance. Actually, I kind of just ruined our next topic, but no one's calling about Hoffman. There's some teams inquiring about Dwayne, but it's kind of what you mentioned earlier. It's, it's you know, the secondary and tertiary plants, right? So now that the, I don't yeah. want to call them the dregs there, but now that the cream is starting to to, 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 to release, then we're getting into the, the, I'm going off the rails here. It's late at night. I was about to say we're getting into the, the thickness of Dwayne, but that's not a thing. Okay, so um, the reason I want to see, as Amy mentions here, Dwayne in Colorado is, I just want to see a happy ending. I want to see him and Lekanen just like, you know, like dance the night away, go lift the Stanley Cup. Like I know it was rough in, in Montreal, but he's such a good guy. And I'll admit, I got a bias for him because I like him and he's always been nice to me. So I'll admit that. I know why some people don't like him. But for the mere fact that he spoke up about mental health um, and then took it on the chin from people criticizing him pretty harshly afterwards, I had uh, something I respect and I just wish, you know, like nothing. I, I thought about the idea of maybe offering him a one-year contract for the Habs, but you have to let him go. Like it's, it's let him, you know, go out, spread your wings elsewhere and, and hopefully get home at night and put a smile on your face. Cause you know, that's, that's the point of sports. Yeah. Um, let's go for Dwayne of Vegas, King of the North. Yeah. You know what? They actually, uh, I spoke to a couple people that said, but Vegas has been calling everyone like Vegas. Uh, Vegas is a wild card. <laughs> wild card bitches. <laughs> Sorry. Vegas is one of those teams that hasn't done anything yet, but they're, they're supposedly contenders yeah. and they, they've been very inactive. So they're one and of the teams that I think if, if you could fleece a team, I feel like it'd be them because they're going to be looking at other teams and they go, oh, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. We got to do something. And then maybe they'll throw a little bit more than they should, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and they predicted a cup in the sixth year, which, sure. But this is their sixth year, isn't it? Isn't Has it been six years already? No, next year's. Is it six? Time has no, lost all five, meaning. I don't know how anyone else feels, but for, during the pandemic... <laughs> I went to a buddy's cottage right before the season started. I'm like, man, I haven't had a beer in about like eight months. He's like, we were at a cottage two months ago and you were drinking lots of beer. <laughs> so yeah, time has all has lost all bi- meaning for me. As Gary says, it's a business. Yeah, I, I agree, Gary. Me just like I'm admitting that I have bias for, for Dwayne. I just want to see him happy. But yeah, it's a business. There's no more value in Dwayne Montreal. Let's be perfectly honest. It was uh you know, something from the get-go, it was just set up to fail, right? They wanted to kill, you know, two birds with one French-Canadian stone. That's what they were trying to do. Get a center and a superstar, and they both kind of failed. So I'm putting yeah. that one on Marc Bergevin. Okay, let's go for another name here. This is one that you don't hear very often, but it makes sense to me. Jacques Alain. Jake Allen. What, what do you think on that? I don't think he's going anywhere now. I don't think he's going to go before the deadline, but I think in the off season, I think they kind of have to look at making a move with him. I think Samuel Montembeau has clearly proven that he's capable at the very least of, you know, being in that starting goaltender role. Is he the starting goaltender long-term? I think that's going to take a little bit more time to figure out. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been a little bit inconsistent throughout his time with the Montreal Canadiens. This has been his most consistent season. So I don't think you can go ahead and proclaim him. Okay. He's the next starter throughout the rest of the rebuild. Uh, But I think he's done enough where he's made Jake Allen expendable. 
Uh, and I think Jake Allen, as far as starting goaltenders go, he's on a pretty reasonable contract. Um, I, I think if Kent Hughes had maybe a do-over and could say, well, are you, you're going to not have Jake Allen, I, I don't think he signs that extension. No. Um, so I think he's an off-season move, though. I think he's going to be there for the rest of this season. I don't think they're going to move him at the deadline. But I, I'd say before the draft or at the draft, I think he's gone. And, and I think you're right with him and most of the players for the Canadians. It'll be more like I'm not expecting much by Friday. But I do expect them to be a little more active, yeah, come come draft floor when all the GMs are yeah. there and you have your money settled and, you know, you have a little extra cap space and, and that's where you're going to move, start to move. Because don't forget, that extension hasn't even kicked in yet, right? So I, I know teams are a little worried mm-hmm. right now, but goalies move pretty frequently. So Jacques Alain is one that you might see next year. As Trizak mentions here, Primo ain't ready. I get that and I agree. Um but eventually it's kind of a sink or swim situation with Caden Primo, right? He's getting, he's 24 years old. So that's two years younger than Montabo. We still has some developmental runway left, but I'm on, you know, uh, what's the classy way of saying shit or get off the pot is kind of what we're getting at with, uh, with Caden Primo here. And he's been playing much better down the stretch for Les Roquettes de Laval. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Ooh, Vegas got Barbashev. Oh, I didn't even know that. I, I missed I missed that. Was that just now? Did that just, just happen? Amy is reminding is way, way more on top of things than we are. <laughs> All right. Clearly. So, yeah. Barbashev, did you know? Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, we're clearly very much up to date with things. Let's talk about this guy. We talked about him a lot already today, and he's probably the guy that um, Kent Hughes gets the most calls on, and it's uh, Josh Anderson, the the handsome power horse. I, I Listen... I understand how the Canadians like him and all that, but if you have a deal like it's supposedly rumored that we're talking about first-round picks and A-plus prospects, you'd be foolish not to trade Josh Anderson, right? Like, and I, I, I know I'm foregoing the whole there's a human side of it, which I was preaching earlier, but that's because I'm a hypocrite. So, you know, in your opinion, is he worth more staying and, and you know, being a mentor to these guys? Or do you just cash in? Because let's be honest... You mo- if you do- they don't cash in now, you're probably looking back two years from now and saying, hmm, that was the time to do it. Yeah, they're, uh, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? I think this is the time for them to cash out and walk away. I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people love Josh Anderson. I know why, right? It's yeah. easy to love a guy who, you know, skates real fast, fun. Uh, hits fun. real hard, shoots real hard. He's Super fun, handsome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but... All that being said, I, I, number one, I don't think he fits within the timeline. I think by the time this team is really ready to yep. compete, I think he's going to be pretty much aging out with the style that he plays. Those types of players, they don't last deep into their 30s. That's a really good point. Um, he's he's, he's going to be getting up there at that point when they're really ready to actually go out and compete for a Stanley Cup. So I think right now is the best time to move him because you're going to be able to get a lot of assets for him. He's definitely got value to a team that's going to go deep in the playoffs. And they're going to be willing to give you that King's ransom. I think it's it's... I don't. I don't think they're gonna do it. But if no. I, I was Kent Hughes, I'd. I'd be. I'd be on that right now. I'd be. I'd be trying to get that done before Friday. Um, but I think if they were gonna do it, I think it would already be done. So. Well. I don't well, see it happening. One of the but teams I, I would do. We're it. hearing about is, and they've been looking at him for a while now. Is the Calgary Flames now? King of the North mentions mm-hmm. he'd be great there with Daryl Sutter, but we're will Sutter make it? Is he yeah. gonna get fired? Because, I think, <laughs> the Flames are actually ideal because they're a team that are, in my opinion, not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to finish, you know, right out of it. So you're going to have a decent pick. Because don't forget, the bad teams in the East are still better than the good teams in the West. 
if you're going to trade him, yeah. I, I want to see him go to a team like Buffalo or Boston, or not Boston, um, you know, Calgary that are just, just at that point. But then again, if you're those teams, you're probably not wanting to invest in Josh Anderson. However, his contract, him, it's, it's, it's the last several years, you know, you're bringing in like a core piece. And if scouts have been watching him for the last month and a half, it's been his best hockey since he arrived in Montreal, like bar none, you know? So this is the perfect time in term, in my opinion, to maximize his ad, like his value by far, you lose his handsome blue eyes, but you might gain a couple of first round picks. Uh, yeah. Carolina, maybe. Yeah. You know what? I, I he's not the kind, I know the people that work in the mm. data analysis in Carolina and they probably have a giant X on him. Like, He's the opposite of what they want. He finishes, but he has horrible underlying numbers. Carolina, they don't, they have horrible finishing, but they have great underlying numbers. You'd think they'd want to bring in an Anderson, but I know the guys there in E. I'll eat my hat, my nacho hat, if he goes to Carolina. Um, Simon Labonté Bertillon asks, what do you guys think is more likely? Dubois gets traded to Montreal in the offseason or Montreal signs him? So, yeah, that's the big debate, right? Listen, if the Habs trade for him, it's going to have to be like a guy like Kirby Doc or a guy like Nick Suzuki or a guy like Lane Hudson. It's as simple as that. A core piece. Because if, if you're Winnipeg, why would you let him go for any... Like, I, you know what? I would hold him out if I don't get a good offer. Run him till the end. You know what I mean? Like, it's why would you accept less? I know they're going to be a bit bitter because he kind of openly talked about Montreal. But right now, my, my, my answer is clear. What do you do right now with, uh, with Dubois? I'm not trading for him. Uh, I think if, if you're the Habs, you can sit back and wait because it doesn't sound like he has any interest in signing long-term with Winnipeg. So what's no. he going to do? He's going to sign one more one-year deal. You know, as again, I talked about the timeline with respect to Anderson. It's the same timeline no matter how you cut it, right? Mm-hmm. You can go out and make a trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois tomorrow. You're still not winning the cup next year. You still got more work to do before the rebuild's actually going to be done. You can wait one more year. And if he signs that another one-year deal with Winnipeg, He's going to be a free agent. You already know he's got interest in coming home to Montreal. Yeah. You could throw him a contract at the end of that. So for me, am I making a trade for him? No. Uh, I, I think it's way more likely that they sign him after he's done in Winnipeg. Uh, because if those negotiations continue to be contentious, it's going to be the same thing again. He's going to have another one-year deal. Then he's going to be a free agent. And then at that point, Montreal's got an inside track to signing him. Because we already know, or at least we have it on pretty good authority, yeah. uh, that he wants to come home and play for the Habs. So... Yeah, I, if if I'm Ken Hughes, I'm I'm sitting back and I'm you know if they if they called maybe I'd answer the phone and I'd say all right well what do you want and if they said Lane Hudson I'd say ha click and then I'd hang but up the that's phone who they should want say, right like I mean Zubaz it's, it's exactly who they center, should man. want right he's, like he's in the prime of his career you, you don't I, but as but, someone mentions here it was um uh, I forgot in the chat there yeah Gary's mentioning like he they might get backed into a corner Kane style the difference is. Zubaz mm. a restricted free agent, right? So, like, worst case, you go to arbitration yeah. and you keep him for a little while. Then you, you know, if you really want to get bitter about it, and I know something about being bitter. I'm a, I'm a petty king. I'm a petty bitch. Whenever, as many opportunities as I have, I will be a petty bitch. And if they want to go that route, they can do it, you know? So, I, I understand why some people say, screw it, acquire him now. The other side of me is saying, there's so many... Quebecois or Francophones that at the end of their career were like, oh, yeah, I'd love to sign with the Habs. Bon débarras, I hated that for my entire life. Like, you know, even not even just the Quebecois, like guys like Jagger were using the Habs as leverage. For once, you have a guy in his prime that's saying, I want to be in Montreal. That's encouraging. But secondly, prove it. See, mm-hmm. show it to me. And he can do that pretty easily. And at the same time, you're not spending assets. And you get to be really bad next year. Because 
the complexion of this team when you go from Suzuki, Doc, Dubois to Evans, I love Jake, my bad Jake, but it's a significantly different, right? The Habs would go to like pretty much one of the best center lines in the East. So yeah, I I, I want them prove it. See, montre moi. See, je suis Saint Thomas. Je te doute. Montre moi les trous dans ta main. Okay, so we have a couple more names here. Um, that was Jacques Anderson. Yeah, okay, this is one that a lot of people have been throwing out there, but David Savard. You know, uh, again, if I was Kent Hughes, I'm, I'm trying to pull the trigger on a David Savard trade. Yeah. I think, you know, personally, um, nothing against him. Uh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, I wasn't a big fan of, of bringing him in in the first place. And I think he was a big part of, we talked about Caden Gooley earlier, but his struggles early on in the season in terms of uh, from, from an analytic standpoint. He was, but I think yeah. a lot of that had to do with uh, carrying David Savava around on the ice. Now, that being said, he's shown quite a bit of better play. Now that he's not on the first pairing. For me, anyways, yeah. recently. Now that he's not on the first pairing. So when, when you take him away from exactly. being a top pairing guy – He's got some use. So if I was Kent Hughes, I would be trying to make that deal. Um, now, the complete and utter lack of even the, a whisper of a rumor that he might get traded kind of tells me that I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but I would be trying to make it happen because I think you've got too many young defensemen pushing in Montreal right now. You had uh, a number of rookies this season. You had uh, Justin Barron's looking like he's ready to go. Arbor Jacki has shown that he's capable of playing minutes. Caden Gooley has shown that he could potentially be a top-pairing guy. Um Johnny Kovacevic yes. can play was, NHL minutes, and he's looking pretty that. good out there. His his analytical uh, numbers are, are quite fantastic. His underlying numbers are great. He's yeah. clearly a very good second pairing guy of the future. Mm -hmm. And then you got Logan Mayu coming up. You got Lane Hudson coming up. You got William Tr uh, Trudeau looking Adam pretty Engstrom. good. You got Matthias Norlander looking pretty good. Adam Engstrom's looking fantastic in Sweden. You have so many young defensemen right now that are looking good. If I was Kent Hughes, I would be like Joel Edmondson and David Savard would be my number two, my number one and number two guy that I want to move them out because I want to make space for the future, mm -hmm. right? I, again, same as I said with Anderson, I don't think these guys fit with the timeline for competition. Uh, I think by the time this team is ready to compete, they're going to be on their way out, if not already out. I, I think you have to prioritize moving them over moving anybody else. And um, I hate to say it, I don't think they're going to do it, but, you know, hey, Ken Hughes, go ahead, surprise me. If you make a trade with David Stavard before Friday, uh, I'll be thrilled. Uh, especially if you get a good return for it. Uh, it doesn't even have to be as good as a Ben Chirot's last year. Uh, just something in, in, in those environs would be, would make me very happy. Um, first of all, that's Billy Vaux, right? Behind your head. Can you move your head to the left real quick? Oh, that's Guy Laflamme. Oh, okay. With the cup there? Oh yeah, it is. It is. Guy. Okay. So, um, it's, it's signed too. So it's, it's probably worth, uh, who knows? hundred bucks. I don't know. It's invaluable. I'll never sell it. The pride of Tirso. The pride of Tirso. Um, Okay, so Kate asks, who do we have on the right side other than Mayu and Baron? Nobody, nobody. That's the issue. Like, there's, uh, oh, uh, Madison yeah. Bowie. He's <laughs> he's playing in the age on the right. There's there's another half-decent defense. But I think is Trudeau, no, Trudeau's on the left. Um, a pas grand chose. So that's French gay for nada, not a lot. So that's one of the other things that you really want to, you know, solidify is getting someone on the right-hand side. Personally, I'll say this for Savard, and I know I'm becoming an old man more and more, but he is... Like, the nicest guy in the locker room. He's the guy that jokes constantly. He keeps everything light. He's actually, you know, if I had to compare him personality-wise, he's the P.K. Subban. Like, he's just laughing and joking and constant. So, I understand there's the whole thing. Si bon dans la chambre, laissez dans la chambre. If he's good in the room, leave him in the room. But, 
you can't strip it down to the studs and have six rookies, right? Like as much as I love that idea, I think there is a certain value to have a mentor there. And it's not just a mentor on the ice. It's a mentor for a guy to be like, Hey, don't go buy that Lamborghini. Hey, put your money away. Like, Hey, you know, this is how a professional acts. And again, you don't necessarily want to pay someone 3 million for that, but there is a certain intangible value there. And I know like me of 20 years ago is going, Oh my God, shut up old man. But I've been in enough locker rooms <laughs> to know that there is some value uh, there. So, oh yeah, Baudin. There you go. Nicolas Baudin, King of the North mentions. And Baudin is having a nice little resurgence in Laval right now. So that's fun to see. Him and um, Trudeau are playing quite well for the Rocket. Okay, uh, that was it for our trade. Do we need to trade anyone else? Eh? Er- Erte, hey, don't worry, be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we could, do, do we, yeah, man, we, we can try and trade Mike Hoffman, but... <laughs> no, no no one's calling for Hoffman. Okay, we're going to wrap it up real quick soon because we've already gone for about 44 minutes and there's a ton of people watching, which, like, thank you all for logging in so late. Uh, also, I'm noticing my NDG internet is going crazy right now. It shows me a, a red, red square there, so they might be seeing me block out, but hey, we have great fans and we appreciate all of you. Let's talk about, because we talked about Lane Hudson, we talked about a few other guys like Mayu and whatnot, but is there anyone of the Canadians' prospects, because for those that don't follow you on Twitter, you do a great job, that's where I, I see half my highlights, um, at Matt Drake, no, Matt M, M. Drake, anyways, we'll get to that at the end of the show, but go follow him on Twitter, uh, Drake, DrakeMT90, is that it? No, anyway, something like that. You just Drake MT. Drake MT. Okay, so you cover a ton of them. Which prospects should we be looking at that maybe we haven't been paying enough attention to? Like, I'm not talking about the Lane Hudsons of the world or Sean Farrell. We know they're good, but which prospects should we maybe pay a little more attention to? I think of late, the guy who's really come on, um, and this won't be a surprise to anybody who watches the QMJHL, but it's Riley Kidney. Oh. Uh, ever since he got traded to get to know, he's on absolute fire. He's got 46 points in 17 more games, than he had with the Titan. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in like, yeah, in double more than games. he had with the Titan. Yeah. And yeah. He, here's the thing, though he's doing all the same things that he did with Bathurst. Yeah. The difference is in Bathurst, he's the bus driver, right? He's the playmaker. He's the one setting everybody up, but he's driving a broken bus, right? The bus has got <laughs> half Some the wheels are busted speed, out. Speed he's, three. I can't yeah, see Bathurst. <laughs> he's, he's driving on fucking rims, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And now he, he gets traded over to gets no and all of a sudden yeah. now he's, he's, he's got a nice new bus. That, that, that thing, it's not, it's not a busted old Ford anymore. No, no, no. He's got line mates that he can actually play with. Yeah. And so he's doing all the same things. He's setting people up. But the thing is, they're, they're actually finishing those chances. Kidney's a pure playmaker, right? He needs to have line mates around him yeah. in order to be able to succeed. So I think next year, uh, I think he's going to turn pro. I don't see him going back to junior for an overage no. season at all. Uh, and I think he's going to be a very fun addition to the Laval uh, Rocket. I, I, I don't necessarily think he could crack the Habs and I don't think that's the best place for him because the last thing that I think you need to do with him is have him on like your third or your fourth line playing with the, the dregs of the lineup so you need speak, him on the power play and, any yeah. of those guys you need him on the power play you need him out there with you know top line minutes pp1 and I think they're going to be able to give him that level and I think he's going to it's, it's going to be eye-opening right he has come on in a big way this season last year he led the league in assists in the qmjhl this year i think he's actually going to probably end up finishing second to jordan zuma but he's on a pace guy for that 80. i wish the Habs would have drafted but they didn't do it uh but he's on pace for 80 which is fantastic considering like, he played it, half it, his season on one of the worst teams him. there like that's we have to keep that yes. in mind as well yeah half his season 
on one of the worst teams and then he goes over to one of the better ones and uh and trust me when i say gets to know is not saying well you're only doing this well because of us gets to know is saying thank you for coming yeah. uh, he's driving the play very much him. enjoying what it is yeah driving the play uh doing a fantastic job the other one of course i i, I have to plug him every chance i get is joshua um I think everybody saw what he I'm did in the sure World Juniors. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm so sure about I know, that guy. I, I think it, his work great. ethic and the, the 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 way that he understands the thing that he needs to get better at and then works at those things. I think a lot of people like to point out when he has like a pointless game and it you know it's it's almost like they just go to the QMJHL website and they go see oh he didn't score any points. I feel targeted. But, uh, Sherbrooke, but Sherbrooke had eight goals and he didn't score any of them. Oh, he must have had a terrible game. But if you actually watch that game, like his back checking, the way he's playing defensively, he's setting himself up for like a really good middle six role mm-hmm. in the future. Like he's actually developing his game because he knows that, you know, he's not going to be able to score at the same rate that he does in junior when he gets to the NHL. So I really like the way that he's developing the little things around what he does well. And I think that is going to, you know, it's going to set him up for success when he gets to the next level. So um, two really good um, players from the QMJHL that I think are eventually going to have careers with the Montreal Canadiens or in the NHL at the very least. The thing with Hua is that I feel like, again, he's, he's, it's like he's bored sometimes, you know? When the game's on the line, like, sure, he goes all yeah. nuts, but it's almost like, he's like, man, like, I, j'ai rien. He's got nothing left to prove, essentially, in the queue. But to your point there, did you watch the game? Did you catch the game against Halifax recently, by any chance? Yep. Okay. If you look yep. at that, what, he had one assist? That, or no, he actually, I think it was maybe scoreless. I think it was actually one of his best games in a long time. He, he had something like 12 shots on net. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. No, he... Yeah, so you're... I, I, actually... I think he scored in that game. Okay, he might have just scored once, but it was unlucky. He probably should have had an easy hat trick, you know? When you're getting, like, 11 shots, 12 shots, five of them from high-danger areas, it's... Yeah, you know? Because I, yeah. I was writing him in the prospect rankings this week, and I'm like, two games, one goal. That's below standards, but... If you're watching him, just like Lane Hudson this week, if you watched him, he had one assist, but he actually looked fantastic defensively. So that's the key. Follow guys like Matt on Twitter. So you'll see a bit more. You get the highlights, but then you can learn a bit more about these players. Yeah, exactly. So as small mentions here, 46 points in 18 games for Kidney. Like that's, it's, it's not just that he's hanging on either. Like, let's say with, there's some talent on that team. He's driving the offense and He's maybe a little yeah. unlucky to have not to not have more goals. Let's be perfectly honest. But yeah, he's on pace for a 112-point season. He took that cut from Team Canada so personally, and I love it. You know, because I think that was pretty embarrassing too. For when I talk about Riley Kidney, I think that was pretty embarrassing for him to to not get to play in front of his hometown. Like not embarrassing, but ça fait mal au cœur. Like a like you know. That was his time to shine. He was the last cut. There was an injury. Yeah. And then they call up Owen Beck over him. Like they fly in Beck while he was right there. I, I think he took that personally. I think I think he took that personally. And that was fantastic for the Canadians. So, you know, when I when I look at Roy, I see that talent there. But when I look at Kidney, I see the sustained effort. Those so if I kind of want to see them both, you know, like work harder in the other areas. But I'm with you with Kidney, super underrated, and we don't talk about him. Nobody's putting him in the top 10 lists. It's 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 insane. Yeah. I have him number two on my power rankings right now. You have Sean Farrell and Riley Kidney. And if it wasn't for Farrell being arguably, well, there's Fantilli, but he's easily a top three player in the NCAA, then Kidney would be above him. You know what I mean? Just yeah. the NCAA is a little more difficult, but man, Riley Kidney has just been, whew, he's just been like fantastic. And it's important to see how he's going to do with a good team. You're wondering, was he getting all the opportunities with Abitibi or with uh, Akadzi Bathurst? No, 
he was just getting like he was just getting massacred there so yeah i'm very excited for him and a couple of guys in the ohl i want to mention they've kind of fell off a little bit but cedric Gaindon and vincent Rohr are having roar sorry are having pretty good seasons and in any other prospect pool i think we'd be talking about them a little bit more like Gaindon has, has cooled off but those two pretty good for uh, later later picks yeah, it's it's been kind of a hallmark of the Habs for the the longest time, right? Is they seem to be able to find value in the later rounds. Yeah, no, and I think I think a lot of us probably wish over the course of the last decade or so that they did a little bit better in the you know first and second rounds. But alas, <laughs> in the later rounds, they've done a pretty damn good job at finding some talent, um, at least finding a little bit more than you would expect them to find. Um, I've gotten the chance to watch Gandalf quite a few times. I, I really like how he seems to be in the right spot at the right time all the time. time. He doesn't have the elite offensive tools that, you know, drive people nuts, but he's, he's in the right place at the right time a lot. Uh, Roar, on, on the other hand, Ottawa actually played against Getz and No. Yeah, um, I saw that. Not long ago. They were I doing the that. Alexander Battle Cup of the league. Or right? um, yeah, River, Ottawa River, yeah. Riley Kidney was fantastic in those games by the way but uh roar i felt was one of the best players on ottawa yeah uh, again he was generating a lot of chances owen beck agrees uh, he's, with he's you. really he quick owen beck was watching that game and amy said but earlier shout out for the owen beck interview go check that out but yeah beck watched it and he's like roar man roar looked good <laughs> owen beck's a smart man i i, I felt like he was I felt he was the best player for Ottawa in those games. And, uh, you know, again, he, he was generating chances. They couldn't get anything going against Getzno, which, uh, you know, speaks for the QMJHL in terms of uh, quality. There's a lot of people who like to shit on the QMJHL every year and say, wow, it's nowhere near the yeah, other leagues. Some of the well, best teams number one team in the O, lost to the number four team at the time in the QMJHL. So, yeah. And, and Ottawa that. has been on but a anyways. heater. Ottawa has been on a heater too. Like yes. they actually mentioned recently, um, you know, that's ten wins in a row against OHL opponents. <laughs> they had to specify. Okay, Gary asked, any news on Ty Smolanic? Yeah, okay, he's kind of faded away. Let's be perfectly honest. He actually switched. He was what? He was with the Buck guys last year. I forget where he was. Anyway, so he um, transferred. He put in for a transfer for the University of. Oh no, he was a. Um, um, I always mess up the name. Um, the they, they're really good, and they they beat the tar out of Ohio State, right? Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac. Well, how do I say that? How do I pronounce it? Quinnipiac. Let's go. He was playing for Quinnipiac, and I know I'm totally massacring that. He got uh, transferred to the University of Wisconsin. If you're looking at a, a guy on that roster that's doing better than him, you can look at Jack Gorniak. He's got what? I think he, he last I checked, he had about two points in twelve games. Things have really cooled down for Tyce Milanic. Uh, I, I can't give you more information for that because there's so much talent in the Canadian's prospect pool that I really have to really focus on who I look at, and he just doesn't make the cut. I wouldn't put him in the top 30 for the Canadians like now. So let's put it, and there's about 40 guys in the, you know. So where where did he land on the under 20, top 25, under 25? Did he, was he? like 35th or he, he wasn't in mine at all i think i had him in the did anyone mid to late him? 30s wow okay yeah so um, that's, it's unfortunate I mean, I but you know tell you, but it happened now owen beck bill asked here so we were speaking to owen beck recently if you look at his stats and this applies to philip meshaw as well and we're going to close it up after this because thank you everyone for watching you've been on first it's amazing and hey it's over past 3 a.m uh out east where uh, uh matt is so Owen Beck, the thing with him is that if you, again, if you don't watch him, you're thinking the points are pretty bad. However, everyone that's gone to Peterborough has struggled. And right now, actually, it's pretty interesting. Peterborough would play Mississauga in the first round. But 
if you watch the games, he's engaged. He's he's he should be creating a lot more. He's finding a lot more chemistry. Uh, he's creating scoring chances. It's just not going in for him. And the same applies to Philippe Mechard in the last week or so. He had a bit of a downtick coming back from the World Juniors. But have you had a chance to watch Mechard? Because I watched his game recently. What was it? Um, Kitchener won 3-0. He had about five shots on net. He was really engaged. Three high-danger scoring chances. Despite the points, I'd say Beck and Meshal are actually playing well right now. Yeah, I think when it, when it comes to those two, I think you got to kind of put the points to the side a little They're bit. 18. I saw Meshar. Um, <laughs> what was it? A few weeks ago, I saw him play for Kitchener. I, I want to say it was against Sarnia. I can't remember. I'd have to go back in my Twitter to go and find it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go dig in my Twitter, I post too many highlights. It's going to take you forever. But he had a goal where he basically he gets the puck down uh, low at the goal line and then wheels all the way around the zone. Yep. And then he, as he comes around the circle, he cuts back into the slot and fires a ridiculous wrister off the post. And then, like he's when, when he does score, he's creating the opportunities for himself yep. and he's playing very, very well defensively. Kitchener's um, a mess though. You know, a like, lot of people, Kitchener's a bit of a mess, right? I, I, I think there's, there's an issue there where he has to create those chances for himself. He doesn't really have anybody to play off. And uh, that's where you're too? seeing a little bit of a, did they fire their coach? I don't know. I'm gonna check that right now. That'd be news. Because they brought You'd in be like breaking a, that a, news a, to me. They brought in like the top scorer in the OHL at one point. Yeah, yeah, he got fired. Yeah, I believe he just uh, yeah February 10th. So goes to show they bring up, they brought in a lot of talent and Kitchener's just kind of. I mean, I'll tell I'll say this: the Habs were pushing for a trade earlier in the season. They're saying, "Hey, Kitchener, like, like please, you have to move this guy because this is not this is an untenable situation." Wow. So yeah, they fired their coach. They should and, have. Yeah. Oh, I mean. The thing is, uh, with Meshaw, I think the, the expectations were pretty high. And I admit, I, I put them pretty high too, but it was reasonable, right? First round pick, this guy played professional hockey in Slovakia for the last two years. Mm-hmm. It's there, but it's just not clicking for him. And, and that's the type of thing that down the stretch, his first year in North America, I'm not worried. I was a little more worried about Beck, but he's so smart. Except, I'll tell you what mm-hmm. he's not smart about in a second, but he's so smart on the ice that I'm not worried, like, he'll adapt, he'll overcome. And the Mississauga Steelheads only traded him because they don't think he's coming back next year. So, kind of points it. Yeah. Now, did you did you hear the interview with Owen Beck? We're going to end on this because it's, it's the most disappointing news I've heard in a long time. I did. I did. Um, did you hear Good what get he... for you, man. How how'd you manage to get Owen Beck to come on here? And then you got me in the next one. That's a I know. Well, I'm just impressed that I got you. Huge step down, dude. <laughs> no, no, I just... I just Texted him, hey Owen, you want to jump on the podcast? I see you're not busy. Um, he's just a he's honestly he's just a really good dude, and he he loves doing this stuff. But he said something that Michael Pazetta wouldn't like. That's your big hint. Michael Pazetta. I don't recall him saying anything to Michael Pazetta. No, not, not like. to Michael Pazetta, but he said something that he likes to eat that Michael Pazetta would not like. Oh, pineapple on his pizza. <laughs> Yeah. So it goes to show not everyone's perfect, but uh, yeah, Owen Beck, pineapple on pizza. Super disappointed. Just super disappointed. What's wrong with pineapple on pizza though, man? Like that's <laughs> like, you got sweet and savory all together. Like it's perfect. It works. I'm, I'm with you, Owen, if you're, if you're listening to this one. Like I'll put pineapple on my pizza. Now the combination of sweet and sour, we all know is the best. Pretzels with chocolate on it. Oh, tabernak. Hey, any day. But... Here's the issue with pineapple, okay? When you talk about the acidity on it that spreads like a disease on your pizza and it ruins the ham, it like, it just fights the ham so, like, oh my God. And then it hits the acidity with the tomato sauce. 
great concept, terrible execution. That's my uh, that's my call on pineapple on pizza. Like it's, it's good on paper, but you know, like the Peter Roll beats, but once you print into action, not so great. That's my <laughs> call on that. And I'm afraid of Michael Pizzetta, so yeah, I don't wanna Oh, does Carrie put pineapple on pizza? I don't remember Amy, but I have a like okay, Nick Suzuki doesn't. That's why he's captain. Um, <laughs> we have uh, um, Caden Gooley does. Uh, who else? I, I asked him like every single time when I was doing an interview and the Habs were like, why do you keep asking him? I had a scoreboard. But anyways, it's about half-half right now. And with Owen so Beck. All we got to do for team pineapple is we just got to get Arbor Jacki and then we're beating team no pineapple. Oh well, yeah, because now we got so. Pezzetto. So yeah, exactly. Once you, yeah. You know what? I'm going to have to ask Arbor. I, I, you know what? I might as well try to get him on the podcast now. I don't bug guys when they're in uniform. But uh, if Arbor says so, listen, he can toss a minivan across the street. So I guess we're going to, we're going to have to respect him. All right. So yeah. Hey, listen, um, <laughs> as Kay says, you're going to have to understand Gooley. Hey, nobody's perfect. Nobody's nerfing, but I would love to say thank you. Oh, Gary, Gurianov. That's as Arate mentions, that might be the decider right there. Listen, I know Ken Hughes, our bon good Montreal. He 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 grew up with a lot of Italians. He's never gonna put pineapple. He has so many friends with nonas that would just slap him if he put pineapple on pizza. I'm guessing Ken Hughes is on my side, but Owen Beck is on our guest side. That's that is Mike Mike. Ooh, I am tired. Matt Drake, where can we find you? Well, you can still find me at Habs Eyes and the Prize. We're not going anywhere. Luckily, um, you know, we've had a lot of good supporters that have come in and uh, provided towards our uh, our GoFundMe that we have up right now. If you're looking for it, if you're wanting to contribute, you can find it at HabsEyesandtheprize.com. Um, it's one of the pinned articles up at the top there. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who's already contributed. So we're not going anywhere. Vox Media has given us back all the intellectual property as well as the domain. The archives so we'll and everything. It might look a little bit different. I'm sorry, archives everything we're getting all of it as of april 1st uh we will continue it might look a little bit different but uh we'll see exactly how that looks when that happens uh you can also find me on spotify or um apple uh google play any of the places that you like to get your podcast at bottom six minutes mm-hmm. um pretty easy to find and on twitter at drake mt there you go so for those that don't know eyes in the prize vox media essentially anyways we're not going to talk about that a lot of good people at eyes in the prize that's where i got my start that's where andrew got his start that's where jack Han, who works the lease or worked with the lease, got to start. That's where Bruce, who works with the lease, got to start. That's where Eric, who raised the Stanley Cup this summer, got his start. That's where I got my start. So you can head over to Eyes on the Prize, uh, HabsEyesOnThePrize.com, and support their GoFundMe. And if you're interested, we have our next game is, what, Thursday? The chat's going to remind me. I'm pretty sure it's Thursday against the Sharks and (laughs) the Kings. And we have uh, Patrick Bexel is going to be joining us. All the way overseas. So I've been meaning to catch a game. If you want anybody to tell you about Adam Engstrom, it's going to be Pat Bexel. He's still, every time that he posts a GIF of uh, Adam Engstrom, he sends them to me in our Slack chat because I wanted them to draft Jordan Zumer with that pick. I know. And they picked Engstrom. And so he's still he's still coming at me about it but i love it because i'm, I'm loving those gifts i'm loving what i see from adam engstrom so it, it kind of takes away some of that sting from them not taking jordan Zuman. that would have been a great draft but if you watch engstrom if hudson wasn't in the picture habs fans would be drooling over adam engstrom saying now, don't yeah. sleep on engstrom because you probably want to get a bed it's more comfortable okay thank you everybody seriously 
shout out to the chat. You guys are all amazing. I don't want to, er, er, all of you are amazing. Uh, thank you, Amy and Erite. I don't know if I've seen your names before, but I'm glad you're here. Please come back. We also do this in reasonable times, usually after games. After every single <laughs> game, we do game over. We have game over for all the Canadian cities, and we're going to be expanding more next year. Merci beaucoup de la part de Marc Dumont et Matt Drake. On va vous revoir à la prochaine fois. I'm just glad we got to do a bit of French in this episode. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the stream. We have our next game on Thursday against the Kings. Cheers, everybody. À la prochaine. Yeah!